Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It was fun to have Charles and Charles last week, but we are just back to our usual crew of me and Adam and Rhiannon, and uh, that means less editing work. So as much as I'm sad to see them go, I'm not. How are you guys doing? Good. Alive. Good. Thanks for doing all that editing, Caleb. That's the only reason this podcast exists. It's fine. I, I like that I have another skill set in life that I'm <laughs> that I'm competent at. So I am interested in how different there was some behind the scenes things that went back and forth, but we didn't mean to have two edits, but we ended up having two totally different edits. So I have no idea what the Charles is left in and what I cut out and vice versa. So all that to say, if you only listen to theirs, you should listen to ours, too. And also, welcome to anybody who might be listening for the first time this week, because you heard us last week on... Yeah, welcome, guys. All right, so usually on this show, if you are new, we start out with news, and then we do any trailers there might be, and then we review any TV shows there might be, and then we have a main conversation. Uh, several of those things don't exist right now, so we're just going to do news and a main conversation. Main conversation will be about Disney+, Plus, so... Never fear if you're looking for Disney Plus conversation and news about the stuff that was dropped on there. We'll get to it. But before that, we have a bunch of like really minor news that has happened recently. Uh, we'll start out with our buddy Charles Murphy, who let us know this week that WandaVision is going to record like half of their episodes in front of a live studio audience like a sitcom. Uh, is this charming to you or just weird? I mean, it fits with the general aesthetic that they've been advertising. So, I mean, it doesn't seem weird. It just seems weird that Marvel would take that chance. Oh, yeah, with, like, NDAs and stuff? Yeah. That's why I wonder if they'll do, like, an internal... Like, they do the test screenings and, and do Disney employees and such. I don't think... I mean, Seinfeld's probably, like, the only multicam comedy I think I've ever enjoyed. Like, I Friends. hate Big Bang Theory. I'm not a fan of like, mom. I don't like Friends either. I'm trying to think what other ones. Will and Grace. Nope. I'm pretty sure Seinfeld's the only. Uh, the Ranch. I enjoy The Ranch. Did you enjoy like old ones like Three's Company or I Love Lucy or like Golden Girls and stuff? No. Uh, what about that '70s show? Did you like that? Uh, indifferent. Okay. Kind of how I'll have my same opinion on The Mandalorian. Very indifferent. It's not like I hated it, um, but it's it's not my favorite. The 70 shows all right. I think you're right, Adam, that it's probably some of the same friends and family crew that do all their test screenings. Like, I'm guessing they're not letting people into the WandaVision live audience unless they've already proven themselves on, like, three other things that they're not going to blab, you know? Either that or it's for, like, totally inconsequential scenes and moments. It's hard to imagine there's going to be like this huge character development or plot twist or, or plot device set to like a laugh track, right? Yeah, it almost, maybe this is crazy. It almost sets me up to like want like really intricate writing where there's actually major bombshells, but the studio audience part is not enough for you to figure it out. And there'll be like interlocking dramatic parts that when put together with it will like People that were there will be like, whoa, that's what they were doing? But I think at that point I'm hoping for a bit too much intricacy and brilliance than maybe I should for this show. (laughs) 
All right, we're going to move it along. We're being brisk today. Uh, Kevin Feige did a couple of interviews. Uh, the biggest one being a retrospective with uh, Variety, I think. Uh, which, frankly, was just lots of the same questions he's asked a billion times. I was thinking about what Charles said about he loves when he's asked something new. Because, like, I listened to that on an airplane and, like, 80% of the interview I've heard before. But the new things that Feige did say, he totally confirmed that our Disney Plus characters like Miss Marvel and She-Hulk will appear in the movies after they appear in the shows. Uh, he called Eternals a really big, expensive risk for the studio, but a necessary one. Uh, he finally responded to Martin Scorsese by just saying he's allowed to have his opinion, but he doesn't think he's right. I think. I don't know. I've given up with that at this point. But Adam said he broke his silence. Oh, no. Uh, do we want to get into that? I wasn't going to go he after did. Adam. I didn't. He did. I, I'm I had to be he did. I have to be careful because sometimes I tweet things and I don't even think about that. Maybe but, you wrote. So <laughs> I guess it's been like month since since Scorsese made his comments, right? Uh, has it been that long? I guess. Oh yeah, like October third, I think. But how many interviews um, has Feige done since then? Um, probably plenty. I know he was on the red carpet on one, and he wasn't even. I, I, he said a very very short response what was it he was with um alonzo somewhere like the um american atf is that something the afi american film institute maybe i don't know atf it was is alcohol tobacco and firearms yeah he was at the uh atf red carpet um and then the other thing that feige talked about was um he also made these statements a little while back that uh if you want to understand everything that's going to be happening in the MCU, you've got to get a Disney Plus subscription because that's how integral these shows are going to be into the story of the MCU. Uh, is any of that interesting to you guys? I mean, I just kind of grouped it all together. I don't feel like any of that is particularly novel, but... I am still not sold on um, this crossover stuff. Um someone's going to be showing up to Blade and have no idea who Moon Knight is. There's going to be a fair amount of people. But there's plenty of people that showed up for Infinity War and had no idea who Black Panther was. Or, I mean, I don't know, Captain Marvel in Endgame. There's, there's, they do enough of reintroducing characters and making the story congruent. You're just not going to know everything. Like, if you didn't see Captain Marvel and you went into Infinity or Endgame, you, sure, you don't know what her powers are and where they came from. There's stuff you don't know. I mean, it's it's already, I mean, to me, that's no change at all to what they already have. How many people realistically see a movie? Like, when Captain Marvel has a $1.2 billion movie, the average movie ticket costs, what, $10? twelve dollars right because i mean in new york i know they're more expensive but you know if you take adam's iowa tickets and your manhattan tickets Rhiannon, i would guess they'd average out to 12 bucks or something like that like 1.2 billion divided by 12 dollars means about 100 million people are watching these movies is that right i have no idea sounds right you can check our math podcast. So, and they already have 10 million Disney Plus subscribers, but 
I mean, if they have 10 million subscribers, that means 20 or 30 million people have access to it in their home. So, I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy to think that they'll, you know. So, those those numbers were bizarre, right? So, I think Disney said they had 10 million people signed up for the service, which I believe they counted globally. Right. Um, with pre-orders and stuff. Um, but so far, only 3 million had downloaded. Uh, well, actually I mean, per- that was an app download, but you can watch Disney Plus without having an app if you're doing it on your laptop. Right. How many people? Yeah. And that's the other thing. Well, I don't think we'll ever get, um, I don't want to say accurate numbers, um, but we certainly won't uh, get those outside of earnings calls and things like that. I think the comment from Feige that I found most interesting was that Eternals one about like, this is a big, expensive, necessary risk that we're taking. Do you remember him ever commenting on how expensive a movie was to make or how risky it was for a market? Like, it makes me think that he's very aware of how this one's different. It just, it just struck me as is sounding, it hit my ears differently than most of the comments he usually makes, you know? Probably because it's one of the first Marvel movies not done on a soundstage. How many, uh, I mean, it's probably not the first, obviously, but they're doing a substantial amount of, of photography on on sets and stuff. Um, I don't know. It almost sounds to me he's trying to cut a promo and try to paint it in the light of Light of the Guardians or something like that, you know, because, I mean, we all know Guardians is probably their biggest risk to date, and that's turned around and spawned, you know, five fan-favorite characters. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's not wrong, right? He, the Eternals are probably the single least known characters uh, they could do a movie on, besides, like, Four Bush Man. So having recently, because I got my homework wrong in the beginning... I, I one of the first things I watched on Disney Plus was the Assembling the Universe documentary, which was like, here's all the stuff we did to the Marvel Universe up to, I think, Guardians of the Galaxy, like they were filming Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and heading into Ultron or something. But anyways, there was a lot of the same language in that. It was, this is the riskiest, biggest thing we've ever done. There was... Yeah, I mean, they pretty much had a statement like that for every single property up into, like, phase two. So it doesn't sound unusual to me at all. That's interesting. I haven't watched that in a while because I watched it when it came out, you know, on ABC or whatever back when that happened. So that's fascinating. Yeah, I I got it because you, you gave me homework and you wanted me to watch expanding the universe and i just like tuned in and i was like here's the marvel channel oh here's the universe one let me watch it and i was like he said this is only 15 minutes i tried to make sure you got the short one (laughs) and it was like i was like 30 minutes in and i was like falling asleep last night so i like paused it and then came home today and turned it on and what is my biggest peeve with any streaming service not netflix it doesn't come back to where you stopped yeah Really? See, that's weird. I think you've well, got... Well, no, I think this was less that it didn't save where I stopped. I... I mean, I'm 90% sure I paused it before I turned the TV off oh, and went to bed. Oh, okay. But it had gone all the way to the end. Yeah. So what we're saying is 
you really have no problem with streaming services. You just fall asleep on the couch and then you blame them for not hitting the pause button. Whoa. <laughs> Plus they don't have they don't have like the keep watching section. So you have to go all the way back into the Marvel page and then you have to go find the which is a pain in the ass if you watch nothing on the homepage that's not Endgame or Captain Marvel or Avatar or um, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Dude, I talked somebody into watching Gargoyles today. I don't even know what I was talking her into. But I was like, you have to watch Gargoyles. Good call. Good. Very good call. Adam, you mentioned Eternals filming not on a soundstage. We're getting more and more set photos where like someone is driving a lonely highway in the Canary Islands and taking pictures right. of Angelina Jolie from far away. Have you right. guys seen these photos? Is there anything interesting yes. in them? Um, they're pretty comic accurate. You could see her crown or tiara or whatever you want to call it. Um, they've had a sudden spike. I think since maybe it's just because they got to end game and it's a new phase or whatever, but there was Falcon and Winter Soldier set photos that came out today as well. So maybe they're just, um, gave like the security guy and his team, a, a vacation or a break or or something. I mean, there's the case of Lauren Ridloff um, on Instagram, and and she shared the the Babylonia stuff, the uh, timeline, right? Or something was in her picture, or something. We haven't really ever gotten this this many set photos, right? There was, I mean, we did get some in game stuff, right, of the back uh, Avengers stuff, the 2012 stuff. But it's still a lot, especially Eternals. There's been a lot of set photos. But they all seem to be them in a desert. Like, I'm sure there's some reason for this and it's going to work out okay. But every time I look at a set photo, I'm like, oh, it's Angelina Jolie out in a bunch of sand. Like, it's one thing to film on set, but I'm kind of wondering if they're just going to, like, strand them in the Sahara for, like, half of the movie. Like... It just seems very boring where they're at. It seems like they're they they have several set pieces in that same spot, right? I guess. Like yeah. they have they have the blue wall and then they have like this tattered shack house thing. Um and it looks like two different um time periods at least. Then there's on the stuff on the beach where it's like the broken ship. Or the big green crystal or whatever that is. Maybe maybe it's all just one big set piece. And it is just... Um, but that can't be it. Because they... Uh, uh, Nanjiani did say and Feige confirmed it. That it spans thousands of years. The movie itself does. Right. And we've only seen three or four actual cast members. Like... Uh, for example, I don't think Selma Hayek... Like, she just arrived, I think, in the last day or two. So, like... And also, Richard Madden's been over there for the whole time, but he's also not been in any of the set photos. I just, uh, I'm so excited to just see something from this movie, so I have any idea what it is. But I mean, I looked at like one blurry picture of Angelina Jolie and stopped clicking links. Sorry. We're going to talk about our other favorite thing that we talk about in news, where we all look at each other and silence hits. Uh, we have some writers and showrunners for uh, some Disney Plus shows. Jessica Gao is going to be on She-Hulk, and she apparently wrote the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. Oh, Uh, Caleb! (laughs) 
it's your favorite episode ever. Moon Knight picked up Jeremy Slater, uh, who's worked on Umbrella Academy and also helped write uh, the early drafts of Fant Forstick, uh, which has been a little bit discussed on social media. Do you guys have any thoughts on either of these other than my general disdain for people at Comic-Con running around screaming, Pickle Rick! <laughs> um, honestly, uh, it reminded me that She-Hulk is a property they're making. I had completely forgotten about that. Um, and I even, like, I saw the links at first and I was like, a new comic? What? Why is everybody announcing this much? For-? Anyways, um, I so that's cool. Uh, I'm super excited about, I mean, like, so what this guy was involved in a bad movie long ago. Umbrella Academy is solid. Right. So um, pretty excited on both counts. Also, his wife tweeted only one line of his dialogue made it into the final cut. Wow. Apparently. <laughs> so there's that. That's as much as he wrote to Fantastic That's one Four. Where it's like, take According my name off life. of this thing, please. Right. Like, I, like, this is not helping my career to put your crap and my name together. Right. We've talked about Jessica Gow on here before, haven't we? She did. She had a, a pilot in the works at ABC. Um, totally unrelated to the Marvel stuff, but I figure I thought we talked about her before. Um, and that writer's room's full of. I know there's two. I can't name them off the top of my head. There's two well-known Twitter people that have also joined that writer's room. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, Cargills, right? That are always talking about writing and stuff like that. I've seen two people. Uh, what's I can't I can't remember the lady Schwartz something Schwartz is that it I don't know. Um, yeah, because I saw somebody uh, Slater that that is I mean Umbrella Academy is very solid. Uh, plus he apparently I'm not sure if he runs around in Guns Group, um, but they do have several mutual friends I know. Um, um, Dos Malkians in that group, Seth Green's in that group. Um, again, I have no idea if he's, he's best friends with, um, James Gunn, but he does share the manager with a lot of those people. The, uh, the guy that just directed Brightburn, that, uh, Superman movie Gunn just made. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe there'll be a connection there, um, with Gunn and stuff, or maybe that's how Slater got the gig. Doesn't it seem super early for them to be putting together the writers' rooms for shows so far away? It almost points to the fact that they might be dropping in 2021, which is absolutely bizarre to to think about. But the but the uh, I guess the setups there, right? They have writers' rooms and but even uh, to drop in 2021, I mean. TV shows, a six-episode TV show, even if they're doing monster budgets, I mean, normally a writer's room is maybe together like two months before they start filming. Right. And then a normal show, they would film like around a week an episode. So for this, let's assume like a month per episode for six episodes. That's like eight months before filming needs to come out. And then a couple months for editing. And that's like a super, super generous timeline. Is in eight months, this will be in the can, which 
brings me to my main concern, which is that the reason we always heard that the TV shows can't have continuity with the movies is that there's too much going on at once and they don't know what everybody's doing. So how are they going to get past that with all of these shows filming at the same time or in production at the same time? I think you can see it the opposite way, Rhiannon, where if they were doing a TV schedule, you're right that these things would be gearing up for release next year or eight months from now or nine months from now. But the reason that the writer rooms are getting together so early is because they're trying to put these Disney Plus shows on a similar time frame to movies where the writing is done two or three years ahead of the release date. So that they don't have them on different time tracks than the films. It's also impeccable timing that um, Feige says Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight will lead into movies as if they're going to be largely standalone shows that then launch into something. Um, so that could be a part of it. Maybe these three series have little to no connection, I guess. Um because what we do know now, I mean, the Eternals is a prequel, so they can do whatever they want with that in Black Widow, right? What's is Shane Chi going to be mostly standalone? Because right now, all we know is WandaVision and and Loki are going to um, tie into Doctor Strange too. So maybe they're getting these shows in the can as early as possible because they already have it planned out far enough ahead, I guess. Um, that they won't tie in or that they'll have the incidents references or, or what have you, I guess. I mean, I guess, is it possible though? They're just slowing down. What is it possible that we're making a mistake of thinking of this as a TV show? Like maybe their time frame is just exactly like a movie. So we know Ryan Coogler is currently working on a script for Black Panther, which is going to come out in May of 2022. If Miss Marvel's coming out May of 22, maybe they're in the script phase of that too. And like, it'll move as slow as a movie production moves. It was, it's certainly going to be, uh, there's just too many unknowns. Like we just don't know how they're running this stuff, but it does make me wonder if at some point we're going to get six or seven Disney plus shows a year just to create a content string so that you can't, like you have to have Disney Plus every month of the year if you're a Marvel fan, right? And that kind of ties in. And you'll probably brought. Were you going to bring up the uh, Iger comments about sixty shows a year? No, no. Ahead or yeah, anything. no, no. I'm so that that, yeah. that kind of that kind of ties into that as well. I mean, the Q3 earnings call was it? Yeah. Um, Iger said that the main goal eventually. I think he put a date too, but I don't remember. Um, certainly by 2024, their kind of end game is they want 60 original movies and TV shows annually. Um, so, I mean, that's five, five a month, right? So probably, I don't know, they won't do a monthly Marvel show, would they? Well, I do wonder where the content comes from because Star Wars thus far, Lucas has thus far moved slower than the MCU. Like, the Mandalorian's out first, but they have one show that's kind of actively developed with the Mandalorian. And then there's the Cassian Andor show and there's the Obi-Wan show. But those are like moving a little slower. Like they don't have a slate of eight Lucasfilm shows. 
and National Geographic might produce three or four things, but like when you get at sixty, like it You're makes me feel have like a whole lot of Jeff Goldblum at sneaker cons, right? Like it seems like Marvel is going to have to produce six to ten shows a year just to keep up the their part of the deal, you know. But they are going to other studios to do their content as well. I'm not sure if you'd call it. Oh, they would be third-party studios. So, I mean, the brunt of the stuff's not going to fall on, on Marvel and Lucasfilm. I know um, I spoke with with Atomic Cartoons, I believe. They're in Toronto, Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, and they're working on something with Lucasfilm for Disney+. Plus. Um so it's totally doable. I mean, it's it's not the licensed content. Obviously, it's all still owned by Disney, but they're they are actively working with other studios that aren't owned by Disney. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at like the advertising is like Disney Plus, and then it's like Marvel Plus, Pixar Plus, Walt Disney Studios. You know, like they're like really putting the brands first and foremost, and that's weird advertising if you're going to fill it with dozens of random off-brand off-IP shows. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, have you watched the Jeff Goldblum show? Because uh, I just tried. You um, didn't like it? Not yet. No, I loved it. No, well, see, but it's not Marvel, Pixar, National Geographic. It's just a Jeff Goldblum show, like it's original content. And when I heard that sixty shows a year or sixty whatever. All I could think is that's exactly what Netflix sounded like five years ago. And now we know what kind of quality it takes to pump that out. I hope they do better. Right. It is concerning their launch. Um, the, the super early reactions were all mostly positive. But have you guys, have you watched Lady and the Tramp yet, Caleb? No, I have not got to that. Mm, you know, it's that and Encore. Um it's certainly not the the Stranger Things and the uh, House of Cards juggernauts Netflix was at one point. Um, so that is a little bit concerning, too, if they launch with, I don't want to call it subpar stuff. But then again, it's it's not my demographic. You know, I loved everything Netflix did, and I totally understand. Um, I totally understand the purpose of Disney+. Plus. And that's a total other thing, you know. Good thing, I mean, all that original content is going to come at a point where the nostalgia wears off, right? I mean, that's going to happen sometime. I mean, I can't tweet about gargoyles for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see, and again, this is all my conspiracy theory. Like, at some point, do they start to shutter down some of their traditional cable stuff? So, like, right now, on Disney Junior... They're pumping out shows like Vampirina and Sophia the First and Elena of Avalor. And if you don't know what any of this is, be thankful. But, like, this is all junk my kids watch. At some point, do they go, you know what? This isn't for Disney Plus, or this is not for Disney Junior. We're shutting down that cable channel, and we're just going to pump all that stuff to Disney Plus. And does that count as some of the 60 is like animated Disney Junior shows that they're shifting over. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe not even shifting over, but making stuff like that directly. I mean, there, there's go- always going to be people with cable, though. So what are they going to put on? 
on cable. I, you keep saying that, man. I don't know if that's true. It's so true. What was the number one? Okay. So last week, everybody was all like, you know, TV is dead. I mean, Caleb, I really think you guys aren't thinking of like the greater people, especially in the streaming. They went, they turned on S.H.I.E.L.D. and they watched it straight through episode after episode. There's some important caveats there. First of all, being Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't on Disney Plus in the United States of America. No? No. And second of all, it's, yeah, the Netherlands. Apparently the Netherlands loves Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know how how much that show aired in the Netherlands. So. So, but they wanted to watch. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the long series people still are watching. And I think that will still be there. People will still have cable. I met somebody within the past year that still was getting Netflix DVDs mailed to them. I didn't even know that was a service you could do. Well, I I can imagine. I mean, if it's always readily available, it's not like taboo or whatever. It's like watching gargoyles. Like you're really into it when it first is available. And then after a while you get tired of it. Is that what we're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. Admittedly though, that show does still hold up and that's a hill I'll die on. Um, but yeah, I mean, cable's not gonna go away. I mean, people still listen to the radio, albeit less. Um, I mean, there's, I know every single landlord in my small village here provides cable um, to Whoa. all of their tenants. What? They provide cable to the tenants? Yeah. Rihanna, doesn't that seem weird to you? Person. Do you know anybody that provides cable to their tenants? Yeah, uh, this Dytown development in manhattan on the east side provides cape probably just internet but i've heard of it okay basic cable i mean yeah basic they don't cable. splurge on the hbo packages but they give them the whatever so i mean there is um precedence there and i i know it's 6.99 a month but there's still going to be people that can't have it in their budget and so on and so forth right um, so, I mean, cable's still going to be around, so maybe they'll air Disney Plus reruns or something. I don't know. I'm just um, a futurist, man. You are. You are. <laughs> and uh, I, I see it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, radio's still kept in business by political ads every four years, you know, and they're never going to go away solely for political ads. So, I mean, there's, there's ways TV's going to always stay around, and TV's always going to need content from somewhere so, so you're saying tv is going to become the yellow pages where it's just a probably yeah, i mean it's basically already delivery. there yeah, yeah. It's, i mean it's already there um <laughs> so probably yeah all right uh let's hit a couple other quick news things um um miss marvel audition tape leaked this week and in it the actress who was trying out for miss marvel mentioned the inhumans and the new avengers uh I was a little surprised that this got out there. I'm wondering if somebody posted it to the wrong place. Um, which, do you guys have any thoughts about this? Do you think this means anything, or is this just a sample script that they gave her that doesn't necessarily mean these things will be in the show? I have no idea where this came from. I mean, did, did she mess up? Did her people mess up? Did Because, uh, what, this only used to happen with the Netflix stuff, right? Yeah. I 
think it happened for something else, but yeah, I was about to say, this is so 2015. Right. Apparently, if you go on Vimeo and just search MCU casting, there's a whole crap ton of casting videos on there or something. I just felt bad for the girl because the whole internet was suddenly watching her audition tape and I thought she was really yeah. not very good. I was like, yeah, there if that's s- like Kamala, I'm, 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 I'm ticked. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad one to leak. That's for sure. Um, bless her and everything. Um, but yeah, there were uh, several, several roasting threads. Um, believe it or not, you know, uh, comic book fans aren't the nicest people. You guys know that? We're part of the Star Wars people, man. Those guys are the You'd think they're all uh, welcoming and, um, what do you want to call it? Kind-hearted and um, accepting. All right, the thing I saved for the end, because I don't know how much to believe it. Since the last time we talked about news, uh, there was a couple reports from quasi-okay, quasi-not-okay sources that Thunderbolts and Ironheart are both being early development at Marvel. Uh, any thoughts on the accuracy of said rumors? Where did those come from? Those are both uh, MCU Cosmic. Um, I thought we've heard something about Thunderbolts, but maybe not. I don't know. A lot of people have been jumping to that's the reason that General Ross appears in Black Widow. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there was a, that there was a Black Widow leak that came out a while ago. And in that leak, uh, Ross was in there. I mean, it's something they said, right? Haven't they commissioned a Thunderbolt script, too? It seems like it's that property they've said they, they've wanted to do before with Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and all that stuff. I just think early development means nothing. Oh, yeah. Like, what's early... What's that mean? Does that mean Kevin Feige talked about it for five minutes over a donut at the, you know, like, water cooler one day? Like, early development could mean they threw around a couple script ideas. Like, I'm sure there's 50 things that are in early development. Oh, well, that's the thing, right? If if they're assembling writer's rooms for Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight, you know how much stuff that they're actively talking about and developing and all that stuff, you would probably crap with the stuff that, that they discuss on a regular basis. So maybe, you know, we've heard Nova's been in development for years and now suddenly he's in active development. Um, you know, someone hack into the MCU Trello board and see what's up. See like the checklists. Um, like, does Kevin Feige just keep this on his iPhone in, like, a, like the Notes <laughs> app with, yeah. like, checkboxes or Marvel something? com. you know? Like, I'm trying to fish around. Right. I mean, what was the other Thunderbolts and what else? Ironheart. There was that Iron that Ironheart spec script made it onto the blacklist, right? And uh, I think that's all it was. I mean, a Marvel Studios script's not going to make it onto the blacklist, is it? The biggest problem I have with Thunderbolts is I don't know how you do it in a movie. Like, for example, for example, like, and if you don't want Thunderbolts, a comic that's 20 years old to be ruined, stop listening. Like, when Citizen V is, like, revealed to be Zemo, like, that was a great twist in the comics? Is that his name, Citizen V, or am I thinking about V for Vendetta? 
I don't know. I've called him Citizen V or Citizen 5. I'm not sure if it's a Roman numeral or not. Okay, but that character, when it's revealed to be Zemo, that's a great twist. But when you're making a movie, if Daniel Brohl is your lead cast member, you have to put his name on the poster. And so, like, the twist of, hey, it's Zemo is not going to be a twist because people are going to know it the first time they, like, watch a trailer for it. Like, does that make sense? Like, they can't twist us and be like, oh, all these villains that you've seen before are now heroes. Like, they can't make that a surprise and advertise the movie. So they'd twist the story and something. Thunderbolt seems like the uh, movie that Edgelords want to kind of try and, like, shoehorn in, like, Punisher and Deadpool and and something like that. It's, I don't know. I've never been partial to the property, but, I mean, it's something that we'll probably get sometime. Uh, let's talk about Disney+. Plus. It's out now. I figured this could be our conversation. They did drop a, a little special about things coming up to um, from Marvel, and so that would be, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to talk about. Um, let's start with this. I think we all have Disney+. Plus. Have you watched it much? Have you liked the app? I think we've talked a little about this already. What's your experience been with it thus far? For the most part, I, we mentioned the keep watching thing, which is a huge pain in the butt. Uh, but it's good. The uh, I don't know why, but the Roku app is it doesn't look good. Um, iPhone, iPad, and Amazon Fire have all been pretty good. It's very it's easier to use on the mobile devices than it has been on Fire. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the scrolling back and forth to search something. Um, and their algorithm's completely off. I'm not sure if it's even implemented or what. Because if you log on my Disney Plus and the recommended for you, it's um, the horse doctor. What's the name? Dr. Pole? Like the incomparable Dr. Pole or whatever his name is. And Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Um, Boy Meets World was another one. What else was on there? And a couple of others. Um, certainly no relation to Gargoyles or um, Endgame, which I've watched, or The Mighty Ducks. Inside or, Out? So, uh, the Mandalorian. Inside Out, Inside <laughs> Out is so good. Oh, man. This that is, is my favorite thing about movie. Disney Plus is like my middle, like my 20 and 30 something aged friends suddenly discovering all of these kids movies that I've watched with my children. <laughs> right. Right. Like I had zero reason to watch it four years ago or five years ago or whenever it came out. Um, but that's a very good movie. Uh, yeah, I've, I've logged in enough to log in. Uh, for those that followed on Twitter, I was concerned the first day cause I tried to share it with my parents. Um, and they couldn't log in, but I don't know. I reset my account password and we both were able to get in. No problem. Um, I haven't dug into my deep, dark faves. I'm off work tomorrow. So that'll be my Disney plus day um, to see what dark treasures from my past I can rewatch or maybe inside out. Cause I've never seen that either. Um, I hear it's good. Um, yeah, so far, we'll see if it's a user error or if it does remember what I've seen. Because that's a big thing for me. I want I, I don't want to have to think. I don't want to have to remember what episode number I'm on. 
Like I said, my biggest thing, there was a lot of discussion on Twitter about it, was that very first day I sent I sent it to my parents and I was like, hey, here's something, you know, log in with mine since I have up to four devices. And they weren't able to log in and I was and everybody was speculating on the uh, password sharing things they have in play, um, which to me, four devices is a pretty good password sharing. Right. Like you're not going to be able to share with a lot of people. I mean, I don't even see like Caleb, you wouldn't even like if your girls had iPads or something that they could watch on their own. Four devices yes. wouldn't be enough. Already, I've actually been getting requests from the six-year-old to add it to her device. And uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, you could you could do a family-friendly oh, yeah, profile. Yeah, yeah, you yeah no, that's not profile. it. It's more just um, trying to keep our children from becoming uh, tablet zombies. Yeah. Zombies? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But yeah, no, we set up profiles for each, the three oldest girls. They all have their own profile with their own, you know, avatar and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's been fun. I watched a little bit of the Fantastic Four cartoon from 1994 last night. This is part of like that big set. People always talk about X-Men and Spider-Man, but they also did Fantastic Four and Iron right. Man. Uh, and all that right. Stuff, so. Yeah. Uh, watch Silver Surfer, by the way. If you that's like within the first three minutes, there's Silver Surfer, there's Galactus, the Kree Scroll War. It's well, um, I'm excited about Fantastic Four because there's a three episode Inhumans arc in the Fantastic Four TV show. <gasps> and it's it's the best Inhumans ever on TV. Guaranteed, it's oh, better. No, I'm going to than... go through because there's right. that, and then it's uh, Agents of Smash. The Hulk show has a couple Inhumans episodes. So yeah. I want to, uh, I'm chomping at the bit to dive into that new Disney Guardians cartoon, just because oh, I heard yeah, Dark yeah. Fox on it, which is nuts. All right, let's dig into the Marvel special. So they did a like 14, 15, 12, I don't know, a few minute episode or thing where they basically showed us concept art for all the Disney Plus shows. So we'll try to hit through these relatively quick. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they showed us concept art for Bucky and Falcon and Agent 13, U.S. Agent. We finally got to see uh, Brol put on the Zemo mask. Uh, anything from that stuff that you guys found particularly interesting? Uh, U.S. Agent looks exactly like Captain America. From the from the game, though. From that uh, new Marvel's Avengers game, yeah. Right. Right, like the hockey pad armor or something. It looks weird. It looks a lot like Kyle Chandler, too. Um, I'm surprised they uh, I'm surprised they revealed what they did. Obviously, it was far too soon for um, footage from WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier. But we still got loads of uh, concept art and tidbits, um, you know, with Loki time traveling and stuff. Um which still means no one knows what the uh, Tesseract does exactly, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's a nice, for, for 12 minutes, It was it's something that Marvel could have, right, at launch that wasn't uh, something we've already seen before. I They got me excited for Hawkeye. Yes. Hawkeye intro graph, or intro, or, you know, whatever, like, graphic that they did um they got me excited 
Jeremy Renner, even like a little moment, a clip that they showed from either D23 or San Diego. No, it was D23. Um, there was even a moment that I looked at him and I was like, yeah, Hawkeye. Which, you know, I don't normally get. It's never happened before. Tell oh, yeah, Pizza yeah. Dog. Yeah. Officially in the concept art. Yes. Yes. Pizza dog. Yeah, I mean, very, like, there was a lot of fraction Aja images. I probably butchered the name, but, um, involved in this, which I, I, I could be on board. There was even the weird, like, hip cutouts on Kate Bishop's costume, which I always find really weird, like, she has a little bit of bare skin showing, like, right at the hip bone, which I don't understand, but I thought that was fascinating. It was in the concept art, too, because usually the costumes are a little more practical in the MCU, but... Adam, are you excited to see more Ronin, which they've promised will be part of the show? Uh, did they really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, even, I didn't pick up that. Uh, I did think that Ronan Black Widow scene that they cut from Endgame was better than the one they had in there. Um, oh, where Thanos' people show up? Yeah. Um, I totally have a conspiracy on uh, why they cut the um, Morgan Stark scene, too. Um, besides that, it wasn't really that good. Um, but yeah, ha- ha- Lucky the Pizza Dog. Uh, that's cool. Um I lost my train of thought. I don't even remember your question. Oh, if you're excited to see more Ronin. Oh, Because no, I feel like really. they they underdid this stuff, I think, in Endgame. I don't know, like, I never emotionally felt when, like, when, like, Hawkeye was like, oh, if you've seen the things that I've done, Natasha. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'd like to see them. Like, let's see you, actually. But it's not going to go on Disney Plus either. He's not going to be, like, murdering gangsters on Disney. I mean, so far he probably is the most one-dimensional. Well, he is the most one-dimensional of at least the six Avengers. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, this show might, you know, with the uh, the whole Age of Ultron effect, right, where it's it's made better somewhere down the line. Maybe this Hawkeye show is actually going to make um, all his very different appearances better at some point. Or maybe they'll make it worse. I don't know. I don't want to see Ronan again. I didn't care for it. Uh, the other thing that we saw a lot of in that was footage from What If. Uh, we finally saw that animation style. We saw Sharon Carter as Captain Britain or whatever. We saw Steve Rogers in an Iron Man suit. Um, we saw zombie Captain America. We saw T'Challa as Star-Lord. We got to see what the Watcher is going to look like um, in this show. Are you guys feeling any different about what if now that we've actually gotten a little taste of it? it it'll be a nice change of pace. I think a, a breath of fresh air from everything else we've watched. Um, it's just that bizarre stuff. Um, I think that's it, it's not not necessary, but it's it's going to be welcome, right? We're going. It's a smack dab in the middle of how many shows four shows and three at least four shows and three movies that year or is that a four movie year um it's four so just, now yeah right spidey so it'll, it'll be nice um the timing on it's really nice the, the the animation looks super great too um 
So I wonder how much it's changed. It's not quite um, Spider-Verse-like. It reminds me a lot like Claws, the uh, new Klaus Claws. I'm not sure. I think they're calling it. Um, that's coming on Netflix this weekend, I think. I would be so in for it if Klaus was actually the animated Umbrella Academy spinoff. Well, right. <laughs> no, but uh, watch the trailer. They don't say they don't say it Claws. I'm pretty sure they pronounce it Klaus because it's not actually Santa Claus. I don't think it's just some nice dude that makes toys in the neighborhood. Um, yeah, I, I like the style. It's not like uh, Rick and Morty or South Park or. Super, super um, basic, I guess. I The whole time I was watching that section, I was wondering how the rights work. Like, do they have rights to some characters for animation that they don't have for live action that could show up there? And maybe sort of start building... You know, or already be in the process of building a live action universe that they don't have the rights to yet. But that was just my mind wondering. I I've always said about that show that to me the animation style would really decide how much I liked it because I don't want to watch animation I don't like, and I just thought it looked really good. Like I thought the style was fun, uh, even the little bit of the zombie bit I thought looked very interesting. And uh, I don't know I don't know how to talk aesthetically about animation, but. It just appealed to me, and I don't know why I never thought, but when that Iron Man suit opened up and, like, scrawny Steve Rogers' head came out of it, I was like, it was like an audible, like, yeah! Like, I was so excited about that idea. I guess they're <laughs> going to have Howard build it for him or something, but uh, I'm, I, I think I'm, like, twice as excited about that show now that I've seen it than I was before. I also was suspicious, are they going to... Um, because when they said that Jeffrey Wright was going to be Uatu, I wondered what they were going to do about like the color of Uatu's skin. But I almost get the feeling that he's going to be kind of translucent, celestial, spacey looking to get beyond that. Is that the sense that you got from it? I guess I didn't think about it. I guess it did not a sense. Oh, the Watcher's in that Silver Surfer cartoon. And they kind of do that same thing, by the way. Or they make him translucent. Yeah, now that you say that. Um... Uh, we talked a little bit about this. There's obviously lots of special features. There's endgame deleted scenes that are available on Disney+. Plus. Um, I would encourage everybody to watch the uh, the casting. There's like a big uh, special feature on endgame that talks about uh, Sarah Finn, who casted all these movies. And they show you like footage of chadwick boseman trying to be drax i mean like i thought that was just so cool it was one of my favorite things i've watched on disney plus so far can you imagine i don't remember ever hearing chris brad audition for captain america either can you imagine that uh but that's the thing i mean if chances are if someone auditions at one point at least um you know, the, what do I want to say? I mean, Chadwick auditioned, right, for someone else. And then Karen Gillan auditioned for Agent 13. Um, and then uh, uh, Pratt for Captain America. Um, I mean, so they like keeping people around, I guess. 
But then again, I was going to say, well, it'd be helpful if we knew who auditioned, but that stuff certainly doesn't leak. Yeah, nobody wants to advertise that they tried out for a movie they didn't get. Right, exactly. Besides Wilson Bethel, I mean, maybe we'll get Wilson Bethel for something now and Ben Barnes. I did think Bozeman's take on Drax was really interesting. Like, it'd be, it had been very different. Like, it was like a kind of like understated, serious, brooding kind of... I really liked it. It's so different than the Drax we got, but... It was also interesting to see them be so honest about how little James Gunn wanted Chris Pratt until he actually saw him in the role. We kind of knew that. I mean, everyone but James has pretty much said that. Um, she was on uh, the red carpet for Endgame, and she said the, the same story, which was, like, brutally honest. I mean, if you're Chris Pratt, what would you what would you feel like? I'd feel like I was Star Lord, and screw the haters. Yeah. I mean, it does make in a way though. It makes you feel good when you're like, this director didn't want me, and in ten seconds, I convinced. Like, imagine changing a director's mind. That um, we only have some of the MCU movies. There's a few more of them now than what were first announced. Do you guys find it frustrating, or do you think it's a problem that the whole catalog isn't on here yet, or is that something we'll be all right with? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a big allure of Disney Plus is everything's there. So it's not there. I mean, like, we knew ahead of time that it wasn't going to be there, but still, it's kind of irritating to have to wait. It once again makes me want them to buy Spider-Man back, because, like... Ugh, getting the Spidey movies on to this service is going to be a total pain in the neck. Mostly, I would just like people to stop posting, oh my god, they don't have whatever the movie is that they're wanting to see. There's one movie, like an older movie or something, that I swear the only reason it's not on Disney has to be that like Hallmark Channel optioned it. Um, they're like, this movie's not on there, they must hate it. And I'm like, no guys, like there's tons of licenses that have to expire all right over on the website uh little bingo was a little frustrated because he's like comics are long storm for he's with you ran he's like comic books are long form storytelling of course there's a purpose in this um and then but what's funny is in defending it he said um he said like uncanny X-Men for years was very similar to days of our lives and that it was never supposed to end. And then like two days later, he came back and said, Oh my gosh, I think I jinxed days of our lives. If you didn't hear, they like totally laid off the entire cast of days of our lives. Like right after he put that comment out there. Uh Oh yeah. After like 55 seasons, they went on hiatus. Dave also has some comments about our little discussion about long form. He said he agrees with me that he rarely starts something if it's four seasons or more long. However, he also agrees with Rhiannon that he's frustrated when something doesn't run past two or three if he's started it already. There's nothing on the Twitter. I mean, lots of people saying they enjoyed the podcast and we should cross over again and stuff like that. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Uh, Thanks to Tim Cox. If you've seen our logo has been updated a few places. Tim kind of gave us a rework on that uh, just because he was being nice. So thanks to him. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. Uh, also, you can uh, find Alvin, uh, who did our theme music at uh, The Skull School on a variety of social media platforms. 
And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can support us at patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. And we'll see you guys next week.